0: You are listening to reflections over coffee a place for genuine vibes and personal transformation grab your favorite cup of coffee and join us Hello, this is Heba Khairi, and welcome to today's episode of Reflections Over Coffee. I hope you would find this episode enjoyable
1: and fruitful. My special guests for today are Dalia from Egypt, and who's joining us from Alexandria. Hello, Dalia. Hi, Heba. How are you doing? All well. How are you? I'm fine, dear. It's great to have you with us today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. And I have Callum from the UK and who's joining us from London today. Hi, Callum. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. How are you doing?
2: Yeah, Very well. Very well.
1: (laughs) It's lovely to have you guys with me. And today I have a delightful coffee, which is a classic black coffee. So which exotic blend are you guys enjoying today?
2: I've got a very, very strong black coffee, um, <laughs> which is made, <laughs> made of instant coffee. So it's uh, delicious.
3: That's lovely. I have a confession that I have herbal tea with me instead of coffee because it's <laughs> nine.
1: <laughs> okay, right. Uh-huh. I think I'm not going to sleep today, yeah. but coffee is still the hug in a mug, isn't it? <laughs> Time to get your coffee. So our topic for today is Connection Beyond Boundaries, and it's about the idea of human connection, how we connect as human beings beyond our differences, whether those differences are personality differences, values, background, culture. Well, I was actually reflecting on that idea. The image that came to my mind is the image of an M&M's pack for some reason. I've always liked M&M's and especially the brown pack as the M&M's are filled with chocolate. And if you actually think of it, humanity is is like a giant M&M pack. Our outer shells, those different colors, they represent our differences. However, if you break through the shell, that's when you would taste the delicious chocolate inside Each and every M&M. We may prefer certain colors, but we cannot deny how delightful all the colors look together. So as our diversity as human beings, it somehow makes life a richer and more interesting experience, especially for those who are willing to break the shell and enjoy the chocolate. What does connection mean to you personally? Uh,
3: if I'm going first, I think it's um, common ground, you know, finding p- people who I feel comfortable around, uh, mm. who I can be myself around. Yeah. Uh, I think is connection to me. Lovely.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, I would say, probably being able to speak in a, in a common language, regardless of, of where you're from. I found this with people I've known from all over the place who are from entirely different backgrounds and upbringings and religions and all the rest. Um, but for some reason, you end up just absolutely clicking with and getting on perfectly with. I don't know if it's perhaps something to do with, you know, a sense of humor or your values or how you see the world, but um, yeah, very similar to Dahlia. Yeah,
1: well, I think for me, It's about being totally myself around a certain person. And I would feel trusted, accepted, and cared for. And also the other person would feel the same way. Like this feeling of being seen and heard, understood, embraced. And also feeling that you grow as a result of a certain relationship that you have in your life. When you connect with someone, you can be real and you can be yourself. And I feel like conversations become much more fruitful. You might have like more natural chemistry with certain people, but I think if trust, acceptance, and care are there, people would would have a lot of great relationships in their lives. So what do you guys think shapes our ability to
2: connect? Uh, I think very much the values your family instills into you. Um, if you come from a family, regardless of your, your background, your religion or your, your nationality or your culture, um, but if you come from a background which enables you to look at other people with kindness and tolerance and um, an open mind, then that's probably the first step. Um, in actual fact, when you've been around... A long time, like, a, like an old fella like me has, um, <laughs> you realise you know, <laughs> you're remarkably similar under the superficial stuff.
3: Nice. Yes, true, I think uh, what Callum is saying is, is very true, it all boils down to values and how you were brought up, as well as having an open mind, uh, that mm. you're ready to get to know different people, uh, get to, you know, open up to strangers. Um, I think it also boils down to a bit of character. Some people open up easily. Some people uh, take a long time and some people just don't want. Yeah.
2: Sure.
1: Okay. So I agree with you guys that a bringing plays a vital role. And I think upbringing, education, culture, media, life experiences, like all of these things, they kind of shape our self-perception and our life perception as well. Um, There was this coach that I met a few years back, and she was saying that people could be divided into three categories when it comes uh, to how your upbringing affects your life. So some people, they kind of copy and paste the values that they've learned at home, and some other people, they do the exact opposite. And she said that the healthiest group are the group who are able to cherry-pick what works for them and what doesn't. So I think the idea of choice is very important because we've all been brought up with certain beliefs and values and you know we have learned certain things, but feeling that you have a choice to choose for yourself what to believe after a certain age or at a certain level of maturity, I feel like even if your perception about yourself or about life is, doesn't really allow you to connect with others, you still have a chance to if you make a choice um so i think that's one thing and also how we perceive other people sometimes when when people are brought up with stereotypes and they start approaching other people with those stereotypes in mind for example arabs are so and so europeans are so and so a person who dresses like that is so and so so it kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because you approach the person with certain expectations and then you try to Convince yourself that these expectations are right, you know. Yeah,
2: so. absolutely. You look for the sort of evidence of that in their behavior or, or their you know, yeah. What they do. yeah, yeah.
1: So, so you don't approach people with a curious mind or an open mind. It's, it's kind of you have like a predetermined result of a certain interaction with someone. For sure. So yeah, I, I think that this also affects the, our ability to
2: connect as well. Absolutely.
3: I agree with every word you're saying.
2: You've got it right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no. so. I would add as well, is the people who you grow up around sort of external to your family. I see it now, especially. I, I was very, very fortunate as a, a young guy. Growing up, my formative years were in the Middle East, and the Gulf, um, you know, going to an international school and being surrounded completely by people who were of entirely separate backgrounds, um, cultures, religions than my own. But mm. you, because it's, it's at that formative point of your life, you end up with them, or you grow up as friends together in those sort of most important the most important part of your life where you're forming your personality you grow up in their households and they grow up in yours and that for me seems to have been one of the most valuable experiences that I could have, the kind of thing I hope my own children ultimately have because mm. um, first of all, it gives you the ability to be entirely natural around mm. such people and that 's where you realize that later down the path in life that the differences are really very superficial.
3: Interesting. No, well, Callum, for you, you're lucky that you got this kind of upbringing at a very young age, and yeah. you got used to people from different nationalities, and became like a part of your comfort zone. So it's difficult if you like raised up in a conservative, uh, one national uh, community, and then circumstances they push you to have to connect with different people at yeah. uh, maybe uh, an uh, older age.
2: You're
3: absolutely right. When I um, left Egypt for Dubai, yeah, uh, I was really uh, frightened. Like, like, how would I be able to make friends? And it was for me; it was really outside of my comfort zone. Sure. Um, then, when I started meeting people there, I, I did not expect that a number of the best relationships that I have in my entire life will be from people who are completely different than me. Yeah, in terms of religion, uh, background, education. And they've really enriched my life experience and how I view things in life. This experience also gives you self-confidence. The confidence that everybody's going through the same experiences. Yeah. They have the same pain. They have the same joy. And uh, then you start yeah. looking at things v- really differently.
2: You're absolutely right. Like, yeah. You know, it just becomes fun more enjoyable, I think, to, to be able to sort of talk to people who have started from a different place, perhaps, than you have. But... Um, you're ultimately on the same wavelength, you know, um, no, it's, it's cool. It's, it's really cool. Yeah.
1: Very interesting. I think the boundaries are in our minds. It's literally like the shell of m and
2: <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like to be honest, I think, you know, at the same time, you can't just sort of disregard the fact that, that there will always be differences. Um, yeah. There are certain differences. I suppose perhaps though, it's, it's the, the weight and the, and the importance and the value you give to those differences, you know?
1: Yeah, I think for me also the, the experience of studying coaching was a very liberating experience as well because mm. you, you kind of recognize that common ground between human beings because when, when people are extremely vulnerable and honest about how they feel and um, the stress or the challenges they're facing in their lives, what they're longing for, You just realize that we are actually all the same, like beyond the surface. And also, it kind of teaches you how to love unconditionally as well. You know, I think in order to do that, you need to let go of your ego somehow. (laughs) Like you don't have to be right. You can love people and you don't have to agree with them all the time. So I think that's also has kind of transformed the way I look at things and the way I connect with people as well what are some of the challenges that we face when we're trying to connect with people who are different from us
2: very good question (laughs) (laughs) i myself consider and talk about this and pontificate about it but i've been very lucky I, i realize that i've grown up in this setting i've described i've also grown up in a family that has been in, you know, my case in the Middle East since the 1970s. My father went out in the early 70s, my mother not long after. So it's all very natural for me. But what you mentioned, Dahlia, before about if you grow up in a much more sort of homogenous setting where everyone thinks the same way, more or less, expects the same behavior, then that can be a massive sort of barrier to, to wanting to see outside of that. People actually. Act and behave and think about things in remarkably similar fashions. Um, it's I think they probably just start from different places. So, yeah. not being able to reconcile those are perhaps the, the first big challenge.
3: Yes, sure, of course. Uh, for me, Hebba, I think the challenge I've faced is being always politically correct. Like, you always have to be politically correct. Like, you're afraid to say something that may be inappropriate or people might be sensitive to. Hmm. this was a major concern but then when you get to know people actually I think all judgment and all uh, sensitivities they kind of start fading away yeah we were talking about this earlier remember that uh, usually you become more self-aware and you're scared of judgment when you're among people of your same background and nationality uh, more than you are uh, you know self-conscious in front of other nationalities or Because uh, you know that other people who are different and from different backgrounds, they will not judge you. But mostly people who are in the same community would tend to judge more. Interesting. Well,
1: I grew up in Egypt um, and I've lived in the United Arab Emirates for 10 years. I've always been curious about people um, from different cultures and how people think and how they behave and why they do that. So, I think this curiosity helped me a lot along with studying coaching. That was a turning point for me. I think one of the challenges when you're dealing with someone who's different, and it doesn't have to be a difference in culture, it could be personality difference or belief differences. I think being too self conscious or focusing on your position rather than being curious, you know, like your position, your ego being right rather than being curious and having an open mind and especially when people have conflicting values even within the same family than the same country uh, when people have conflicting values sometimes discussions become a form of debate somehow except if they're both willing to actually listen uh, and see things from a different angle um, i think that's generally a challenge and also um I read this idea in a book many years ago it was the idea of attachment versus interest so the idea is basically about being interested and not being attached the author was explaining that and saying that when you're too attached sometimes you ruin things um you ruin relationships or or work or whatever when you're too attached to things because you get too emotionally dependent on that thing you know And you want specific results. So sometimes I feel like people get too attached to their own views that they get a little bit rigid when they're trying to explore other perspectives. And that was very, very interesting because I actually linked that to an idea that Stephen Covey said. Do you know The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? Have you read that book or have you heard of it? Yeah. So I was wondering about the sequence that Stephen Covey put in his model, because he started with being a dependent person and then being independent and then being interdependent. So he said that from being dependent to being independent, you need to have three things. Begin with the end in mind, know your your vision in life, what you want. And first things first, know your priorities. And the third one was being proactive. So when you have those three things, you have somehow a vision for your life, you know, your priorities, and you're being proactive about it, then you start being an independent person. And then at this point, in order to become interdependent, you start seeking to understand before you seek to be understood. You think win-win, which is you want other twins, and you want yourself to win. And also you can synergize with other people and collaborate with them. So I was just wondering about this model and saying, so the dependent person could still deal with people. So why did he put it as dependent and then independent and then interdependent? And I think he nailed it because when you are dependent, you don't know who you are and what you want in your life. When you interact with others, you have some sort of fear of dissolving and you know, kind of um, losing yourself, you know, because you don't know what you stand for and who you are and what you want. So sometimes you get afraid of exposing yourself to different views. I don't know if you guys can relate to that, Uh, but I'm just, I was just thinking about it because the more you know yourself, the more you're, you feel more comfortable with dealing with different views about life. You don't feel like it's threatening to you because you've kind of shaped your own identity somehow. It doesn't mean that it won't change, you know, by time, but (laughs) at least you have kind of the foundation for it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean you know, I've um, travelled to some fairly sort of interesting parts of the world where perhaps people are a lot more, say, conservative in their views and their their thoughts on, on how the world should work. You know. Yes. And I have encountered people who will say, You're this and why aren't you this and you should be doing this and and it's fascinating to hear, particularly if you keep in mind that often it's because they like you and they see that the way you are is somehow not correct, but they want you to be okay, so they'll tell you you must be this religion or you must be that. Um, mm-hmm. And um, my response has always been, <laughs> "Thank you very much. I'm, you know, I'm very flattered. As <laughs> um, very kind of you, but um, you're, you're absolutely right, though. That I think you, you've got to be sort of securing yourself enough to be able to hear this, these points of view, um, uh, disagree respectfully." and um, and sort of get on with it Um, but um, yeah you've definitely got to be I think have that sort of basis within yourself to realize that okay you you may not be prepared to be exactly like someone else's but you can you can still get on and you can still um, still agree on the important stuff
3: actually for me guys I met people from very different you know uh, religions and faiths and surprising thing that i uh, encountered was that um they had a very positive effect on how i understood my um so a lot of things i got to understand from people who are uh, from christians from hindus from buddhists um things that you usually tend to sometimes pass um mm-hmm. people that have the same faith that have the same uh, interpretations of your faith um that have the same ideas of What you should do and how you should be religious, and meeting those people has actually um, made me believe more in what I should be doing, and um, so I felt like it was very enriching to meet people from different faiths and and backgrounds. Although I'm not very confident on everything about my religion, but it actually emphasized and uh, improved how I viewed my my religion. So I felt that this was a really uh, enriching experience. Excellent. very interesting
1: um, I had a thought regarding like two points that you guys said when Callum was saying that like reflecting on the points that I said uh, regarding knowing yourself and also being able to disagree in a nice way you know with other people and also what you said Dahlia regarding digging deeply into your own beliefs and exploring different ways of looking at them I feel like this. I think there is a balance there um, between knowing who you are, but also being curious about different ways of looking at even at your own self, you know, and at your own ideas. Um, And I think this is is a very courageous space. Um, And some people are kind of afraid to step into it somehow, especially if you are re-examining your long-held beliefs about life. So I think it it involves a very, very high level of honesty with yourself. Sometimes you have a certain ideology and you've had that for years and you're sticking to it and um, one person changes your life. Entire perspective about life changes, you know. So being able to know yourself and be honest with yourself, but also being open, like balancing out these two, I think that's very important as well. So we wouldn't shut the channel for learning and growing um, because, yeah, sometimes we don't see all the angles. there.
2: You're very right. Um, I think always with this discussion about openness and tolerance, um, we've got to consider the fact that it is actually a luxury to be able to travel, to be able to go and spend time in other places and to really open up to other people. I think a lot of people um, in, in the modern world, perhaps, have never been afforded that luxury um and very often it's an economic thing you know you see in the world at least the popularity of of populist movements and politicians um who can appeal to this fear that people have when it comes to as you say you know Mm. having to challenge their very basic core beliefs about stuff and in some ways you, you can understand why people would be frightened um and it's the most important thing is to stand in their shoes for a moment and try and understand why they may not be ready to connect to people who are completely different Um,
1: Yeah. As a result of our discussion, what's your final insight for today?
3: For me, I think it's we've mentioned a lot of the benefits of connecting with people beyond boundaries of you know, background, education, upbringing. And I think it's one of the most enriching experiences that any person can have in their lives and that really the world needs more of it. So that a lot of the issues of the world would really, you know, fade away uh, if people started practicing uh, connection beyond boundaries um, more frequently in their lives. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. In in that vein, I would say um, really... Understanding the boundaries, genuinely on a very profound level, what it is that stops people from connecting. And then giving people from all sorts of different walks of life the opportunity to, to understand very different people. The opportunity to connect as individuals is um, very precious. I think that's probably the most important thing. I think for me, perhaps again, one of the other key things about this sort of thing about connecting with people from very different places has been language. As you well know, I you know studied Arabic at university, speak it reasonably well <laughs> enough to, <you> know, <laughs> en- enough to um to get by quite happily and to and to understand what's going on. But that has been absolutely vital. Because you can't just learn a language. You don't just learn words or saying you end up learning the culture which forms that language, which forms how people think and how they say things. If you can get a grasp of that as an outsider or a foreigner, you can understand their way of thinking far, far more accurately.
3: It's a very good point, actually. The best way to connect with people is to learn the language. It's 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 a very good point. Lovely.
1: Well, I think vulnerability needed in today's world. <laughs> yeah, I think that there are so many masks. There's so many shells, speaking of M&Ms. Just to be yourself, like to open up and to tell the truth instead of the shallowness of the half-truth, you know. I think that's the ultimate courage. Because um, when you're vulnerable, you kind of create a space that's so safe and so courageous for other people to be the same way somehow. And I feel like this is where the magic happens. And that's when people really, really connect. Yeah. But that's just my view about it. So guys, it has been a great pleasure having you guys today.
3: Thank you very much. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed it. We did. It was really interesting.
2: Absolutely. (laughs) As ever.
0: Don't you just love it when you look at someone with a smile on your face and they break into a smile back at you? You may not even know each other's names, but there is this pure joy of a sincere moment of human connection. As Fred Rogers said, if only you could sense how important you are to the lives of those you meet, how important you can be, people you may never even dream of there is something of yourself that you leave at every meeting with another person until next time